Welcome to the Livingstone Bible Church podcast. Livingstone Bible Church is located in Union, New Jersey, where we build lives on God's Word. Talking about the power of us. What did I say? The power of us. So that's going to be the, the, the title of the series that we are starting today. The power of us. Leveraging the power of us. Amen? Amen. And um, I'm just going to skim the top just to lay the foundation today, and then we'll go from there. What do I mean? Let me explain what I mean by the power of us. It's very simple. Using the resources that God has blessed you with. The Bible says two heads are better than what? Than one. And... I'm hoping that this message will expose to you and I how to take the resources that God has given up to us and use it. One of the things that destroys a man's or limits a man's ability to fulfill his potential is the inability to work with others. Are you with me? Right. What did I say? It's inability yeah, to work with others. others. The inability to recognize and work with others. Let me ask you a question. Is there a company that is known, that is successful, that is built on the just the foundation of one person? No. Talk to me. No. 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 You, you don't know of any that was built just by one person. No. You don't? Oh. One company that was built on the foundation of one person. I am tired, especially within the African-American communities. We do not know how to work together. And it is hurting us. Let me even bring it closer to home. I am tired within the body of Christ that we don't collaborate and we don't work together. Even in this church, we don't do enough of it. Everybody feels that they can become and their biggest success by themselves. And so we hide from each other. We hide from each other. I have horror stories in this church alone. Horror stories. And I'm not going to I'm not going to spare anybody. The Bible says let him or her that want to be ignorant Stay ignorant. You know what that means? The only way you are going to deliver yourself from being ignorant is rubbing your mind with that of other what? People. People. Come on, church. Don't fall, don't fall asleep on me right now. Amen? Amen. The only way you are, going to you, are, you are going to destroy your own spirit of ignorance is by what? Rubbing your mind with that of others. 
Every single one of us grew up with different experiences. In order for you to collaborate, in order for you to maximize your own experience so that you can become very successful in life, you have to take his experience, your experience, her experience, her experience, and what? Put it together for you to maximize your own experience. Brother Hagin used to teach us something in school. You only know what you know. Come on, church. You only know what you know. You're not going to know what she knows. You're not going to know what he knows unless you are. Unless you walk together. And in order for you guys to, for all of us to walk together, we have to have a willingness to open up. We have to have the willingness to open up about our issues. We have to have the willingness to open up about our trials. We have to have the willingness to open up about our challenges. We have to have a willingness to open up about our successes. I have never found people, especially the black community, come out and say, ah, this is how we made it. Go online and look at everyone that is communicating how they made it. You will see the faces, what? Caucasians. Ask a black man, especially African, how did you make it? Ah, well, you know, it's the grace of, thank you, the grace of God. The grace of, who, who does not know it's the grace of God? Show me, share me, experience, help me out. But we hide. We hide our, we hide our successes. We hide our failures. See, it's one thing to hide your success. At least you became successful some way, somehow. But when you hide your failures, who is able to help you? Who is able to help you? And that's why many actually die in their failures. Just because they did not what? They did not what? They did not ask Share. for help. They did not ask for help. They did not share. They did not. They did not raise their hands. You have your Bibles with you. We come from a culture open to Luke, chapter five. We come from a culture that actually teaches us to hide, and we are even training our children. Don't tell them your problem. Don't tell anybody your problem. Don't tell anybody your problem. Don't tell anybody your issues. Well, if you don't tell anybody, how are you going to get what? Help. Help. I, 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 I grew up, you, you know, I've been in this country close to 35 years. I can tell you right now. I have come across more people than most people in this church. 
And when you ask an average African who, let, let's even go into the, let, let, let me give you some of my personal experiences in college. When our children were going to, when they were going to, you know, when, when they got to high school and we were asking around mm. information, what did you, what did you do? To get your your child into yeah, yeah. Colombia, what did you do to get your child into what? You know what they will tell us. I love about my wife. Anything we discovered, I remember about ten years ago. Was our ten? 12 years ago, you remember that you, I, I actually stumbled upon a, uh, it was just by the, grace, by the grace of God that I discovered, I was searching for information on having my oil tank renovated. And I discovered that the state of New Jersey, at that point in time, this was around 2008, when the recession hit real bad, they were giving away for certain types of income, they will pay for your oil. For they will give you a free tank of oil, like yes. you know, for the. I came to church. That was a, immediately I came across that information, and I tried it, and it worked. And they gave us a full tank of oil. I came to church, and I told them. Now, you will think that the people that I told went and did the same to others. But do you know that I found out from a church member who was telling me, can you imagine, this person came back to me to say, ah, can you imagine? Somebody was asking me how we got it. I said, I don't know. I said, no, it's not your own. That is, oh. I was looking at the person. I wanted to slap the person, but I'm a pastor. <laughs> I freely discovered something. I gave you the information. You took advantage of the information. And instead of you passing the information to somebody else who was in need, you chose. Because you, you, know, you know their reason. You don't want to spread the word and let too many people... Even right now, it bothers me. It bothers me. It bothers me. It bothers me. And they genuinely felt they were doing me a favor. Because they said, next year, I don't want too many people to know so much about it. So that next year, if the government offers it, all of us can get it. That's the mindset of somebody. That's the mindset. Oh, I can't even preach the gospel anymore. That's the smallness of mind, church. That is the smallness of the mind of the man and the woman within the African community. 
information God blesses you with, you ought to be sharing it so that others can be blessed. It's not for you to what? We're talking about the power of us. Man, that thing, you know, this is going to be a very tough, it's a tough thing for me to minister because when I look in the community of the Caucasian, I work in a corporate environment. The Caucasian man is always lifting up the head to pull somebody beneath them to their level. And even to climb higher than them. But when I look into the community of us minorities, instead of us raising a hand to lift our brothers and sisters, we are trampling on them. We don't want them to succeed. We do not want them to succeed. Because we come from a belief that if I let my brother or sister succeed, they might be more successful than me. So what if the brother or sister are more successful than you? So what? Would you be rather be celebrating the success of your brother or sister, or would you be celebrating their failure? Would you rather be celebrating this? gets under my skin. The power of us. Are you there in Luke chapter 5? Maybe you have to yes, just move yes. on. Let me just move on. Maybe Holy Spirit, I need you to calm me down so that I can preach. Oh, I can be coherent. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus, the God of the universe, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, after he begins his ministry, this is one of the first things he did. Luke chapter 5. It says, one day Jesus was standing by the lake of the Genesaret, and the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him, he says, put out a little bit from the shore. Then he sat down, taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down the net for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we're fishermen. We have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, you know, I don't want to be rude to you. You know? We are professional fishermen. You are just a minister of the word of God. What do you know about fishing? Nothing. But perhaps so that I don't hurt your feelings, I will let down my net. Is that what your Bible says? Something like that, right? <clears throat> when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. <clears throat> so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they, they began to what? Sink. To sink. And when Simon saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. 
And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats on the shore, left everything and followed him. There are two stories here. The one I first want to study, the story where it says they followed him. Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords, came to earth. And he knew he had a three-year time frame to complete his ministry. And the first thing he did was what? To find disciples. <clears throat> Co-laborers. Co-laborers. People that will work with him to help him accomplish his what? His ministry. How many disciples did he end up pulling? Twelve. We know of the twelve. And the fifty. We know the fifty, the seventy, the five hundred. But the inner core was what? Twelve. The twelve. There is nothing God has called you to do here on earth that you will not need somebody's help. <clears throat> Lesson number one. There is absolutely nothing that God will call you to do here on earth that you will not need help. So get over yourself. Stop trying to hide. There is nothing you are going to be able to accomplish by yourself. How many of us live in houses here? Everybody? The rest of you, you live in tents? <laughs> <laughs> maybe you leave. Maybe you, at the end of the day you back you back your car to the to a parking lot and you pull out your tent and then you know. Hey, I don't know. <laughs> but most of us live in houses here. Some in apartments, some in townhouses, some in condominiums, some in single family houses. Wherever you live. Even if you live in a tent, let me ask you, did you build it? Did you build it? Some may say, well, I built my house. No, you're lying. You paid somebody. In fact, you paid a lot of people to build that house. You're an engineer. In the construction industry, what are the various fields that have to be involved in building a house? Starting with the people that do the foundation, right? You have another group of people that are going to do the framers. You said masonry. masonry. Masonaries. Carpenters. Carpenters. HVAC. HVAC, heating system. Roofers. Plumbers. Plumbers electrician. Security systems, uh, uh, you know. I mean, and the list goes on and on and on. Just to build what? One house. If you're living in an apartment complex, oh, don't forget, that's just the builders, the inspectors. And there's different types of inspectors coming in and out to make sure that that house was built in compliance with the regulatory requirements 
of both the state, the city, the town, the town or whatever, or the county and the town. You understand? The point I'm trying to make is this. There's nothing with you. Your car that you're driving, it was not put together by you. Hello? Hi. Are you still with me? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It was not put together by you. Engineers of various kinds, the designer, the one that does the tire, the one that does the engine, the one that does the uh, the body, the framing of the body, the ones that does the furnishing of it, and all sorts of electronics. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They are involved in driving it. There is nothing that God has called you to accomplish that you will not need a team of people. As you are needing a team of people, you yourself has to be part of somebody's team to, in order to succeed. Let me use one more example. How many of us are enjoying our work today? We have a career. We have a job. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Let me ask you, how did you land up in that career, in that job? Teachers, mentors. Is it not because of a team of people around you that guided you and directed you? Yeah. Yeah. You started from what? What's the first school that you start, went to? From a ministry. No. Some of you forget that your parents had to what? Nurture you till you got to where you could go to even daycare. Amen? Yeah. And then at the daycare center, you probably went to several teachers. And then you went to kindergarten. No, pre-K. Pre-K, kindergarten, primary school, middle school, all throughout. Do you know how many people got you to where you are today? Think about it. You did not. You see, I, I, I get upset when people say, I'm a, not, I, I mean, how do they say? I mean, self-made, 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 you know, self-made, successful person. There is nothing called a self-made successful person. There is nothing called a self-made. Starting with your parents that gave birth to you. All the way through your, your educational system. Now, granted, some people don't go to college and, and they become, but there are people around you that you are, are leveraging. Somebody helped you to where you are today. Some, some of them are even your enemies. God even uses enemies to guide us. I know, because I, I know there were certain enemies that God placed in my path so that I will not go down the wrong road. Today, I thank God for them. One of the greatest examples that I read 
I, I, I'm always on LinkedIn. Do you know that how many people have been fired from a job only to discover their best career is ahead of them? It was not in that job. They wanted to stay in that job so badly, but their bosses fired them. And when they were fired, the door that was shut opened a better door of opportunity. So how do you call that? You call that person your enemy? No. They did you a favor. Yes. Now, at the time they were doing you that favor, it looked as if they were doing evil towards you. That's why Joseph, when his brothers finally came and met him in Egypt, he could not do evil to them because he recognized the hand of God yeah. in what was happening. Yeah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What they meant for evil, God meant it for good. Some of us, we need to be praying for enemies. God, send me the right enemies to guide me in my path. I worked with a young man who wanted to be an auditor. This guy was really good with Data analytics, marriage, his, his, his joy is when he encounters data. And I could see he could not become the, the kind of auditor we wanted. And I kept telling him, I kept telling him, finally, I had to kick him out of my department. Pushed him out. He didn't like the department. But I pushed him out into the department where he could leverage his skills. Today, this young man is a senior director. Mm. He still has not had the guts to come back and thank me. <laughs> Every time he sees me, he doesn't know what to say. Because he was upset mm. that I told him he could not be an auditor. When God is trying to, some of us, we are so gone whole. Oh. This is the way I want to go. This is the way I want to go. And God is trying to pull you back. That is not the journey. And God keeps putting obstacles in front of you. And you are still saying to yourself, I want to go down this path. And God is saying, that is not where I created for you. That is not what I created you for. Church, you need to recognize you need to open your eyes. You need to come to your senses. That sometimes man proposes, God disposes. The second part of the story. Look at how Jesus, Jesus recognized he could not do it alone. He started crying, started pulling in disciples to help him. Second part of this story is how he did, how he did it. How he did it. Sometimes we don't 
We may not like how God is going to get us to where we need to. Let's all stand up. Peter didn't like it. Peter and John didn't like it. They had spent the whole night fishing and there was nothing caught. They were upset. They were hungry. They were tired. They were at their lowest point. And then their help shows up. The help shows up in the front, in the form of Jesus, who is now asking and demanding them, okay, to do something they don't even want to do. Out of courtesy, they decided, oh, okay, we'll just reluctantly do it. Reluctantly. The career I'm in today. I reluctantly went for the interview because I did not expect anything out of it. Reluctantly. And yet today, it's blessed me beyond anything I can imagine. Sometimes, when God is going to bless you, it is not all glamorous. It's not all looking good. It doesn't look, uh, you want me to be washing the bathroom? Uh, Pastor, I don't know about this, but, you know. It doesn't look glamorous. Or God gives you something difficult you don't want to do. But you do it. You keep faithful. You keep being faithful. And the next thing you know, your faithfulness explodes to opportunities that are and it's so massive. You don't have enough room to receive it. The power of us. I want to bring it right back to that. The power of us. The power of us is taking yourself out of the way, opening yourself up so that God can use the people around you to bless you. You are not going to become successful in life. We just want this in your own head. You are not going to be successful in life hiding yourself, your problems, your issues, your challenges, your trials. You are not going to be successful in life if you keep it all inside. And I know I'm preaching against the way we were brought up. Many of us were brought up. Shh, don't let anybody know what you go through. Don't tell anybody your problems. If I had not told my problems in 2000 and in year 2000 and 2001 to everybody that I met, we would not be homeowners. Today, my wife and I will still not be homeowners because back then we struggled financially. It was in the whole process of opening up. We went to a seminar, and the guy says, Go and tell everybody that you know you have a financial problem. <laughs> I said, 
At first, I will not. <laughs> I said, my Bible does not understand. The Bible did not say you should lie. The Bible says, call those things that be, that be not, as though they were. It didn't say, call those things that be, as if they are not. We were doing the opposite. And that's how a lot of us have been brought up. You have a financial problem, and you don't talk about it. Well, guess what? Sooner or later, it will, it will perish you. It will destroy you. You talk to people around you. Maybe they raise one dollar here, one dollar there. Maybe they don't even raise anything. But they say, you know, this is what you need to do. Get two jobs. Get, you know. I, in 2000, I remember 2000, I went to meet. I flew on a flight. The pilot, as I was coming out of the plane, gave me his card. He says, Meet me at the hotel by Gamble. I will never forget that story. I have a business opportunity for you. I went to meet the pilot at the, you know, the uh, Hilton Airport. In fact, I was shocked. I didn't tell my wife. Oh. <laughs> I went in there. Uh, you know, he's a white man. You never know. Don't, don't yeah. white man. They are trying to cut you up and put you in a freezer. <laughs> I went in there. <clears throat> With my eyes open, I had a knife cutter in my pocket. If anything goes down, okay. <laughs> After you watch too many movies, it starts affecting you. And this guy was trying to introduce me to Amway. There's a business called it was one of these. Uh, um, you know, you know, I told him this. I've done all that. You know, he says, well, you know. Um, he understands, and then he just, the word he had given me that day, the reason I believe God had me encounter with this guy was that he looked at me and says, there's just something about you that tells me you're going to become very successful. And I was, I saw you when you were getting off the plane, and I said, I want this man on my team. So I walked away. I didn't. I, I did that way. So I walked away from him that day. I didn't keep in touch with him after that. But what he said totally transformed my thinking. Totally transformed my thinking. Because if somebody outside of me, I was looking at myself from the perspective of a failure. Somebody who had, who did not know me now told me that the first time he met me, I reminded him that I look like a successful man that he wanted on his team. That began to change by the way I thought. Now the scripture says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So, is he. so the seed he planted was to change, help me change my thinking. And then we went for this seminar where they said, you know, confess your problems to each other. Do you know that scripture? Confess your faults. The Bible says confess your faults to each other. What do we do? We hide our faults from 
I've been wanting to ask, how do you stay so slim and trim? I mean, every time I eat, <laughs> I smell I'm like going by. I put on five pounds. We don't talk. We're even afraid to ask each other, what is working for you? We don't even confess. I have a weight problem. My wife just discovered, imagine I've been eating wrong type of yam for the last 20 years. Mm. I love pounded yam. She just discovered just last week that she has been feeding me the wrong pounded yam. <laughs> the one that was baked with potato instead of the one that was baked with real yam. But I never confessed to anybody. I just gave up yam. They have one that is potato and there's yam. We need to talk. We need to talk. We need to talk our issues, our challenges, our trials and tribulations. You can't sit in your house by yourself with your own problem, looking at the same Excel spreadsheet over and over. Here is my debt. Here is my profit. Here is my... It hasn't changed in 10 years. What are you going to do different this year? Confess your faults to each other. We don't... Sometimes I watch the pregnant women in the church. They will come. Everybody's struggling with something, but nobody tells anybody how to be professional. I challenge the women's group all the time. I said, we should be having seminars on how people should handle pregnancy. We should be having seminars on what you should be doing and not doing when you're pregnant. We should be, you that have gone through You've had 20, 30 kids. That's right. <laughs> you should be telling the ones that are starting out of the gate what they need to be doing. <laughs> so that they may not want. They may not have problems. You should be sharing doctors. Do you know that my, my former boss when I, we just changed medical doctors because we moved to town. The first thing, I was telling a, a, a colleague of mine who used to, who I used to report to a while back, she said, you have a doctor? What's it? She got the name of the doctor. She signed up. This, she went and signed up for the doctor. I'm looking at myself. I said, who in the church? Who in the church is even looking, asking? Right? They do. They do actually, and we give. You know, we, we don't even educate ourselves in healthcare stuff, in financial stuff, in careers. Everybody comes. Everybody wants to be a nurse, 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 nurse. I was once I carried it down. Now the guy has completed uh, electrical, um, HVAC. They can install and change your entire electrical system in your house. HVAC in your house. This, that's why you don't see him in church anymore. He walks all around the course right now. He's making too much money. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's gonna, he, the work he works in six hours, an average nurse cannot, work in, cannot make it in two days. An average nurse cannot make it in two days. 
I have a colleague that I'm trying to educate in that realm. And then when you look into nursing, there's, there's a nurse, and then there's, I didn't realize there's so much difference. There are nurses that manage these hospitals. There are nurses that manage these training centers. There are not, not everybody just go to nursing and they're working like, you're just wasting your time. There's difference between engineers and engineers. The difference is between careers. You may be in a career, but you may not know what it takes to be successful in that career. Everybody works eight hours. I always tell my kids, you know my story, everybody works eight hours. You can work your eight hours making $7.50 an hour, flipping burgers and McDonald's. You can work your eight hours, okay, as a LPN. Average LPN makes what? $20 an hour? I don't know. You can work your eight hours as a RN. Making what? Thirty, forty dollars. You can work your as a physician assistant. Making what? One twenty, one thirty. You can work your eight hours as a medical doctor, that is making what? Three hundred, three, four, five hundred dollars an hour. Everybody's working what? Eight hours. I was talking to. One, of, one family member who is a medical doctor. I said, this guy made over $600,000. Took so many time off. I said, man, had somebody told me I would have spent more time in school. <laughs> Sometimes we're in a rush to get out of school, only to make, what, $60,000 a year? If I stay another eight, nine years in school, and I come out of the gate making $200,000 a year, prefer that, but nobody educated me. They just said, rush, rush, rush out of school, rush out of school. Uh, get on me. Church, the power of us. We have to expose ourselves. To expose our, in order for you to gain, you have to open up. Until you learn how to open up. Over the next few weeks, the power of us is exploring how we can open ourselves up so that we can we can achieve our goals, our potentials in the ministry, in our personal lives. And I hope to God that this message sinks in you. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. Swift ocean of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Show the goodness and mercy of the Lord all the days of our lives. In the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Livingstone Bible Church podcast. We hope you were richly blessed by this podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram.